Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you Seven Power Principles of Success. We've seen from Joshua 1 verse 8 that if God wants you to be successful, he gave you his word, and in his word are principles. Everybody say principles. All right. What is a principle? A principle is a basic law that govern the various functions of human life. So every area of your life, whether it's talking about your spiritual life, your health, your finances, your career, your marriage, every of your area of your life is governed by principles. Hallelujah. It's governed by basic laws. And these laws are in the word of God. God wants us to find the principles and apply it in our lives. God told Joshua, this book of the law contains principles that will help you to become successful. Hallelujah. All right. So the scripture is given to us to help us to become successful. Amen. All right, that is a very important thing you should know about the Word of God. So we are trying to look at seven important principles that without them, success will almost be impossible for anyone. Hallelujah. Seven important principles. And last Sunday, we looked at the first one, which is vision. By now, everybody knows what is a vision and how to have a vision from God. Proverbs 29 verse 18 said, Where there is no vision, the people do what? They perish. Where there is no vision, they perish. Now, the second principle we are looking at is knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. Now, when you acquire a vision from God, and after you have discovered God's purpose for your life, the important thing that can help you to fulfill God's purpose for your life is relevant knowledge. Right. So, what is knowledge? The dictionary defines knowledge as understanding, understanding about a subject matter gotten by study or experience. Understanding concerning a subject matter. That is how the dictionary defines knowledge. But the Bible also defines knowledge as the understanding of information that is acquired on a specific subject through study, education, or experience. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. Knowledge is defined by the Bible as the understanding that you get of an information about a particular subject matter. That means that when you get, gather a lot of information, but you don't understand them, you don't have knowledge. Knowledge is not just having a lot of information. Knowledge is understanding the information that is at your disposal. So you can have a lot, lot, lot of information, but what makes that information to become knowledge is 
your understanding of it. Let me give you an example. Why do teachers give students exercise in the classroom from primary school? Why do they give them exercise? To test whether the, the children understand what the teacher has taught. And I can tell you, all the children were in the same class, taught by the teacher, same illustrations, same examples, same everything. They give the exercise. Somebody gets 5 over 10. Somebody gets 1 over 10. Somebody gets 10 over 10. So all the children got the same information, but their understanding was different. So it's not enough to have information. Hello? Right. Most of us, when we were in school, we either study what we are taught to know it well, or we wait for exams to come, and then we go and then we go and cram a lot of things, memorize, we call it chew and pour. And then after the exams, you can't remember anything because you just put pressure on yourself to load a lot of information on your head, no understanding so that you can pass exams. That is why sometimes you can meet people who have a certificate on a particular course or a particular subject, but they don't know anything about that subject matter. But they have the certificate that they have passed, they have passed their exams. So what is the difference between information and knowledge? Information is facts that you acquire. What is knowledge? The understanding of that information. The understanding of that information, that is what amounts to knowledge. So without understanding, information is useless. That is why sometimes you can find people, you can once a while you can meet people who teach a subject and the people who were taught get to know, get to take that teaching, they understand it, it benefits them more than the person who taught it. Because the person who taught it has the head knowledge, but he doesn't have any understanding. Right. It's, it's happened several times. Even the Bible. Even the Bible. You can quote scriptures you don't understand. That is why you don't see it happen in your life. Why do people preach things that you can never see in their lives? There are people who preach about giving, but they never give. So why do they? Why? Do, why? Because they don't understand what they preach. All they have is head knowledge. They can quote you scriptures, but they don't have proof. The only proof of knowledge, the only proof of knowledge is the results you can show. For example, the fact that you preach prosperity doesn't mean you know it. If you know something, it will show in your life. That is why you don't qualify to teach anything that is not showing in your life yet. If you are not married, for example, you can't be teaching married people about marriage. <laughs> because all you have is head knowledge. So, have you seen the difference between information and knowledge? Have you seen it? Alright. Now, results is the proof. So, what is the meaning of understanding? Understanding. Everybody say understanding. Alright. Understanding means getting the actual meaning of a communicated idea or thought. The Bible is very, very serious about the word understanding. Everybody say it again. Say understanding. Yeah. It's a very important word in scripture because without it, the whole Bible is just a story. It's just like one of the books on a shelf. I have 
had a privilege, wonderful privilege, of being taught in the university by professors who have a lot of head knowledge about the Bible, but they are not born again. And they don't understand what they are teaching. Do fantastic teachings on a particular subject matter. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then they examine us on it and mark, but they don't have understanding of what they teach. So the Bible can be like an academic book for you. You just study it in school and write exams and write exams and then you get a degree and get a master's and get a PhD. No understanding. Understanding is getting the actual meaning. And the only way to get the actual meaning of any idea or thought is to get that meaning from the source of the information. For example, if Pastor Moses is talking to me, he's telling me something, the only way for me to, to get the understanding of what he's saying is to find out from him. Are you understanding me? That this is what I thought you said. Is that really what you said? So if it comes to the Bible, understanding the Bible, you can only get it from God. But if it's not the Bible, whatever else you are studying, you have to get the understanding of it from the author of that idea or thought. Very important. Are you here? Right. So, when you don't have understanding, you can read a lot of things and it will make no meaning to you. Let's look at an example in Acts chapter 8, verse 29 to 31. Acts 8, 29 to 31. This is about Philip, the evangelist, who went to Samaria to preach. And as he was preaching, God took him by the Spirit, took him to um, the desert to preach to one Ethiopian. Hallelujah. And the Spirit said to him, Go near and join yourself to the chariot. And Philip ran to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, and said, Do you understand what you are reading? That is how the New King James put it. Do you understand what you are reading? Verse 31. What was the response? He said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and sit with him. 32. Then the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before each sharer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. 33. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who would declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Can you imagine what the man was reading? Weird things. Hallelujah. 34. Weird things. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say these things? Is he of himself or of someone else? Praise God. Praise God. But the important thing we see here is that this Ethiopian Enoch is eager to understand scriptures. He was reading, but he doesn't understand. And Philip said, do you understand what you're reading? In other words, it's not enough to read. It's not enough to listen to a preacher. It's not enough to attend a seminar or even go to take a, take a course. It's good to take a course. It's good to, take, to go to a seminar. It's good to, you know, listen to good preaching. But after you are finished listening. The big question is, do you understand what you listened to? Do you understand what you read? 
Because many of us, we just end at reading it. We never ask ourselves, what is the meaning of this? How does this apply to my life? What is the meaning of this? All right. So, Philip helped this man. Psalm 82 verse 5. He said, they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. Hello? He said, they do not know and they do not understand. Because of that, they look like people who are in darkness. Ignorance make you live like someone in a room, someone in a dark room. That's how ignorance does. It makes you live your life like someone in a dark room. There may be everything in the room, but you can't see it. And that is very sad. And that is very bad. So understanding is very important. In Ephesians 1, verse 17 and 18, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, Paul prayed a prayer. And the prayer he prayed for the Ephesian church is very significant. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 18. He said, so that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know. Hello? He said, the eyes of what? Your understanding to be enlightened. In other words, his prayer is that the Spirit of God should throw light on your understanding. What will be the result? So that you may know. So understanding helps you to do what? To do what? To know. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you may know. So if the eyes of your understanding is not enlightened, you don't know. And you can always remember there are people like that when we were in school. They teach everything. They never know it. They teach and teach and teach and teach. They never know. Praise God. I believe that the reason why Paul prayed that prayer is because there should be nobody like that in church. Amen. Because in this life, knowledge is a priceless asset for you. It will help you. And if it's not there, it's going to cost you. Now, if Paul prayed this prayer, then it means we also need to continue to pray this prayer all the time. One of the things you should pray about every time is understanding. Have understanding to everything you study. Everything you study. Everything you study. Ability to understand it. Ability to understand it. That is what gives you knowledge. Now, when we come to discover God's purpose for our lives, when we come to receive a vision from God, what is the next thing to do? The important thing to do is to get relevant knowledge concerning your area of calling and purpose and vision. We will use Jesus as a case study. Jesus knew his purpose was to be the savior of the world, teach his disciples who will become the foundation of the church, of the New Testament church. At the age of 12, he embarked on an important task that will help him to be successful in his calling, in his vision for life. In the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, we will see that Jesus disappeared from the parents. They looked for him for three days. And on the third day, they found him where? In the temple. Sitting in the midst of the teachers. Sitting in the midst of who? Teachers. Everybody say teachers. 
Alright. He didn't sit in the midst of students. Because Jesus, the Savior of the world, the great teacher, there was a day he didn't teach. He studied. He didn't teach. He knew that before you teach, you have to be taught. And that is the important secret to success in life. Ability to know when you should be studying and when you should not be teaching anybody. That is the important secret to success. Jesus was found in the temple on the third day. He disappeared. That means for three days, Jesus was in the temple and he was not preaching. What was he doing? He was sitting in the midst of teachers and, and what was he doing? He was listening to them and asking them questions. So Jesus knew, I am the son of God. If I must fulfill my assignments, Jesus knew his purpose. He knew he was born to be the savior of the world. He knew what God wanted him to accomplish. So it is not enough to have a vision. Your vision will remain on paper if you are ignorant. Your vision will just be a paperwork unless you have knowledge. Let me give you an example. You want to be a lawyer. Great vision. Great dream. One of the best in town. Wonderful. But I tell you, you will never be called a lawyer as, by anybody except yourself until you go to the law school. <laughs> you have to go to the law school. You have to get a degree in law. And you have to, to write the professional exams and pass. That is the only time other people, apart from yourself, will call you a lawyer. Until you do that, only you will call yourself a lawyer. Nobody will call you a lawyer. <laughs> and in this life, I have seen people who call themselves titles that nobody else acknowledge. <laughs> Praise God. And I don't want you to be like that. Jesus knew he has assignment. But he knew that to fulfill this assignment, the first thing he had to do was to acquire knowledge. Amen? So he knew where to get the knowledge. Why? Because his work was more of a spiritual work. He didn't need to go to the medical school. He knew what his assignment was. Amen. So when it comes to knowledge, it's important to know your purpose in life, to have a vision, because that guides you to know what kind of knowledge is relevant for you. So purpose, everybody say purpose, and vision is what directed Jesus to where he, he went for knowledge. He was sitting and asking questions. What was he doing? Getting knowledge, relevant knowledge for his assignment and purpose and calling. If we continue to verse 52, you will see that he never stopped, even though when they found him in the temple, they rebuked him. They rebuked him. They said, at the age of 12, it's not good for you to start leaving us and going to the temple. But verse 52 said, and Jesus increased in wisdom. So from age 12, he never stopped learning. Jesus started his ministry at the age of 30. Many people have asked the question, after the age of 12, you don't hear what happened again in his life till he got to the age of 30. This is what happened. He increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. For the space of how many years? 18 years, nothing was said about him because he did nothing. 
Why should something be said when nothing was happening? He didn't do any public ministry. 18 years. Do you know one day, Jesus looked at the people who were learning from him in the desert. Three days he was teaching. People were not hungry. Nobody complained the desert for food. It was Jesus himself who called the disciples and said, Oh, the people are hungry. Let's find food for them. That means if Jesus hadn't found food for them, they would have kept listening. Because you cannot study for 18 years and people not pursue you. If you study for only 8 months, you will be pursuing people. Hmm. Today, nobody wants to learn before they teach. 18 solid years, Jesus invested his life and time learning and studying. That is why there is no question they asked him that he did not find an answer for. For the three years of his ministry, the most complicated, the most difficult questions from the most treacherous people, just to trap him, he got answers for them. Because you can't study that long and not have answers to the questions of life. The secret to success in your area of calling and gifting is your ability to value knowledge, pursue it with passion until it begins to have personal effects in your life outstanding effects. Because one thing about knowledge is that it will show, if you have it, it will begin to produce changes in your life, tangible results in your life. He increased in wisdom. So, when you discover God's purpose for your life, it's important for you to know the place of knowledge. Now, I want to take you through five important areas of your life where you need to acquire relevant knowledge. Because knowledge must be relevant. Everybody say relevant. Alright. Sometimes, I have met people who know a lot, but what they know cannot change their lives. So it's not enough to know something. The question is, what you know, how relevant is it? For example, I know people who can tell you the name of all the footballers in Manchester United. Their date of birth, even the name of their wives. Fantastic knowledge, isn't it? Because I don't know that. Question is, what difference is it going to make in your life? <laughs> there are people who are good at acquiring knowledge. Any latest news around the world, they can tell you. But knowledge must be relevant. So, five key areas. The first one is your spiritual life. If you want to be successful in life, you need to acquire knowledge in the area of your spiritual life. That means scriptures. You must know the Bible very well. Because your spiritual life depends depends on your knowledge of scriptures. And the world we live in is a world controlled by supernatural forces, good and bad. The supernatural controls the natural, the spirit controls the physical. So you must know the word of God. That is why God told Joshua, the scripture will make give you success. The commandments, the laws of God will give you success. Amen. All right, will give you success. Knowledge of scripture. Because the word of God helps you to know how to develop your spiritual life. The word of God, knowledge of scripture, gives you a strong spiritual posture. So that when you are confronted by spiritual issues, you can be able to handle them very well and effectively. You can be able to have your spiritual life under control. You are not running to, um, after spiritualists at the slightest challenge you face because you are ignorant of scriptures. And you will not go to places where they tell you anything. These days, 
you know, all kind of people carrying the Bible who don't have any personal relationship with God and any knowledge of God. And the unfortunate thing is that church-going Christians are going to these places and doing everything they are asked to do because they don't know the Bible and they don't want to know the Bible. And they believe it. Why? They are ignorant of the scriptures. They don't want to know the word of God. The word of God gives you a strong foundation for your life so that your life, your spiritual life is under absolute control. You are not at the mercy of demonic manipulations, demonic control. Because do you know something? The devil only defeats people who are ignorant of the word of God. Simple. And people who know the word of God, they don't struggle with the devil too much. They don't have too much time for the devil. If the only thing you pray about is the devil, you don't know the Bible yet. Because our master Jesus, the day he met the devil, he didn't even bind him. He told him what he knew. And when the devil realized this guy knows too much, he left by himself. Bible said, and Satan left him for a season. <laughs> Jesus didn't run away from him. The devil left him. Amen. So knowledge of scriptures, very important. Number two, you need to get knowledge on your relationships. You need to have enough knowledge about relationships. Marriage is the number one most important relationship because apart from your spiritual life, one thing that can make you a very happy person is when you have a good marriage. And one thing that can make you miserable for life is when your marriage is not working. Because if marriage is not working, you can have a house and not a home. What makes marriage to work well is not only prayer. It's knowledge. So your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your children, very important place of getting knowledge. Amen. Number three, finances. I don't think you want to be poor. Do you? All right. That's very good. One of the things you realize about our educational system worldwide, all our educational systems have not developed a curriculum for teaching people on wealth creation and financial independence. They never teach us. They never teach in any school. Except a few who are doing a degree in courses like maybe finance, management, they study it. Our educational system teach us how to get a certificate and then you get a job and get a salary. And if your salary is not good for you, how to force and get a promotion or demonstrate and get salary increments. But that will make you poor. Salary, dependence, salary work without financial intelligence will make you poor. So when you begin to grow in life, one of the important things, um, knowledge you should acquire is the knowledge of how to become financially independent. Very important. Because when you don't have that, you work all your life, and by the time you are going on retirement, you realize that you are going to become a burden on your children. And that is not Bible. For you to work all your life, go on retirement, and your children need to send you money before you eat, is not Bible. Do you know what the Bible said in Proverbs 13, verse 20? It says, a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So by the time you are about to die, 
You should have assets that your grandchildren, all of them, I don't care how many. That means if your children decide to give it to 10 children each, you have three children, each have 10 children, grandchildren, 30. Each must have his own share of assets. Praise God. <laughs> and you don't have a right to tell your children how many children they should have. <laughs> the righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Righteous man does not go on retirement every month. You are calling your children. If they don't send you money, you are cursing them. You are angry with them, insulting them. No. But let me tell you, the average salaried worker will go on retirement broke. But that must not be your story. Amen. That is why from time to time I teach about, you know, wealth creation. And when you find any book, any seminar, any conference on this subject of financial independence. Financial independence means ability to live very well without a salary. Salary work without financial intelligence will make you poor. When you begin to grow in life, one of the important things, um, knowledge you should acquire is the knowledge of how to become financially independent. Very important. Because when you don't have that, you work all your life, and by the time you are going on retirement, you realize that you are going to become a burden on your children. And that is not Bible. For you to work all your life, go on retirement, and your children need to send you money before you eat, is not Bible. Do you know what the Bible said in Proverbs 13, verse 20? It says, a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So by the time you are about to die, you should have assets that your grandchildren, all of them, I don't care how many. That means if your children decide to give it to 10 children each, you have three children, each have 10 children, grandchildren, 30, each must have his own share of assets. Praise God. <laughs> and you don't have a right to tell your children how many children they should have. <laughs> The righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Righteous man does not go on retirement every month. You are calling your children. If they don't send you money, you are cursing them. You are angry with them, insulting them. No. But let me tell you, the average salaried worker will go on retirement broke. But that must not be your story. Amen. That is why from time to time I teach about, you know, wealth creation. And when you find any book any seminar, any conference on this subject of financial independence. Financial independence means ability to live very well without a salary. For instance, how long can you live if you lost your job today? <laughs> Somebody said, wow. <laughs> because you are even owing into the next month. So if salary stop now, you are even in debt. That's, how, that's what our educational system teaches us. But when you study financial intelligence, they teach you the other way around. They teach you how never to pursue job. They teach you how to use your, your finances wisely to create wealth for yourself. We are not going into that too much today, but you need to acquire knowledge of finances. The next one, health. Now, why is health very important? Because you need to be alive to enjoy what you are working for. <laughs> the funny thing about life is most of us, we don't even know what our priority is. That's why we, we save more money for dress. 
than for health. If the doctor writes a drug, 100 Ghana cities, you start screaming. It's too much, too expensive. They say this watch is 100 Ghana, you buy it quickly. You see? But you forget that if you are not healthy and you die, the watch will be useless. So the watch and your health, which one is more important? Your health. So the average human being must know basic, must have basic knowledge about human health. You must know basic things about your health. How to keep yourself healthy so you can live long. If you don't know it, it will deal with you. No matter how you pray. If you don't know it, you will pay for it at your adult age in very, very unpleasant currencies. Yeah. If you don't have enough knowledge about you, your health, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, when you should eat, when you shouldn't eat, I mean, simple things that you should do that is good for you, which is not good for you, if you don't care about it, you will care one day. You will care at a time, sometimes it gets too late. And that is what is, you know, destroying many lives. You know, sometimes you hear somebody just standing there, he falls down. And they say it's witches. It's not always witches. It's negligence. Just fall down, bam, he's gone. It's a heart attack. It was not a witch. It was himself. Either he didn't know, and most of the time, many people don't know what they are even doing to themselves. You need to get knowledge on health. You need to learn more. Your health must be important. The last one is your personal mission and vision. What is your mission in life? What is your vision in life? What is your mission? What is your vision? By now, everybody in this church should come to that place of beginning to make the effort to find out what is God's purpose concerning your life. Everybody should be making that effort. Hallelujah. And whatever purpose, whatever vision you have, you need to begin to acquire knowledge. For instance, if your vision is to be an outstanding business man or woman in this country that will build a world-class multi-million dollar business industry that will employ a minimum of 10,000 employees by the time you are 50. You know that it won't happen by wishes. <laughs> the people who run that kind of global organizations go and find out what they have learned you need to learn because learning will, should, will tell you business is not just about buying and selling the fact that you can sell very well doesn't mean you'll be a biz good business person somebody may not have any gift of selling he'll do better than you just because he knows more than you <laughs> ability to sell just helps you to start a business but there is something beyond starting it so what is your vision what is your mission what is your purpose in life you need to know how to acquire knowledge in that area so let's look at the various ways by which we can acquire knowledge sources of relevant knowledge let's look at five different sources of re relevant knowledge five sources of relevant knowledge. the first one is personal study Personal study. Everybody say personal study. Right. There are times when you meet people who never had the privilege of going to school. So you can school yourself. There are times when the need 
arises for you to educate yourself, to study a lot. And you do this by acquiring materials that can help you to self-educate. Self-educate. Books, CDs, and other materials that is relevant to your calling and purpose. If you want to go far in life, one of the things that you must value is books. There is no information about any subject in the world now that cannot be found in a book somewhere. Everything you want to learn is in a book somewhere. Even how to cook is in a book. And if you know how to come to that place where you can give books the appropriate value. One of the things that always fascinates me is books are very cheap. I bought a book for 20 Ghana cities. I've read that book over, I can't remember the number of times. I've, I just keep reading the same book. And <laughs> the amount of information I've got from that book, oh man, I mean, it can ju- that book can make me as rich as I want to be in the rest of my life. 20 cities. Because people pour out the core of their knowledge into books. And when you begin to you know, grow up to the point where you can take a little time and look for very good and important books that can help you become non- more knowledgeable on specific subjects, maybe concerning your marriage or concerning finances or concerning your spiritual life or concerning your business or whatever you are doing, you can get books and discipline yourself to read them. And after you have read, understand what the author has written. I tell you, your life can get better every day. Your life can get better every year. Yeah. If what you knew last year is the same thing you know now, you have become outmoded. As far as knowledge is concerned, you are late. And there are a lot of people that are very late in life because you stop reading. You believe in dressing. You know, one great man of God, Dr. Mike Meadow said, if your, <laughs> he said, if your car costs more than your library, you look smart, but you are not. If all your dresses cost more than your library, you look smart, but you are not. Every individual who wants to be successful must have what we call a library. Everybody say library. In your house, there should be a place where books are nicely kept so that they will not tear, they will not be destroyed. Children won't play with them because they are important treasures to your destiny. If you don't have that, it's not too late to start. It's not too late to start. Amen. One of the assets that you must treasure in your lifetime on your journey to success is books. And as long as you have a phone, you have a dress, you buy dresses, you should be able to buy books. Because I can tell you, one book can give you so much in life than you can ever think about. When I started ministry, all I had was a Bible. I had nothing. I had nothing. I had a Bible, just one Bible. I read it so much. That Bible knew that somebody has really read it. (laughs) But today, from consistent, committed, determined, steady of the Bible and teaching it and applying it to my life, I have enough of dresses and everything. More than I will ever need. So, personal study means develop the attitude 
of beginning to invest into resources that can help you learn certain subjects personally without anybody coming to teach you. Because sometimes nobody will be there to teach you. Sometimes nobody will be there to teach you. Sometimes you may have the privilege of getting somebody to teach you. Sometimes you may not have anybody. Sometimes the people should teach you are so selfish. They don't want to teach you. But you can get so much, lock up yourself alone and just open a book. The challenge with the average believer of today, we don't believe in books. We believe in noise. <laughs> so much that even if you are preaching, you are not making noise. We say it's not anointed preaching. <laughs> we judge the, the anointing on a message by how much noise the preacher is making more than how much sense he's making. <laughs> so you can be shouting and not make any sense. They say it's on fire. <laughs> I'm not against noise, but let the noise make sense. Amen. So, personal study. Let's look at 2 Timothy 4. We'll look at the life of Apostle Paul. Oh, I love that man. Great, learned man. Apostle Paul. He says what? He said, bring the cloak that I left with Capus at Troas when you come. Paul was talking to who? Timothy. And the books. Especially the parchments. Do you know what's a parchment? Notebook. Jota. So Apostle Paul, somebody, every time he reads the books, what he understood, he makes notes from them. So it's not by accident that Paul wrote half of the New Testament. He was a learned person. He was a man of books. He said, bring my dresses when you're coming, but the books also. The problem today is that we, all, we only believe in dresses, no books. <laughs> if you put dress and book down, Almost all of you, you take the dress first. Dr. Miles Morrow said, if you want to hide anything from a black man, put it in a book. They will never open. Just put the money in the book and say, keep this for me, I'm coming. Believe me, he will never open it. Your money is safe. <laughs> Dr. Miles Morrow, and he's a black man, so he could say, he said, if you put it on top of a tree, the black man will climb and find it. If you put it under the ground, they will dig. Galam say, they will find it. <laughs> but put it in a book, they don't want to read. Hallelujah. The second source of knowledge is sound teaching of scriptures. Every time you come into God's house, your focus should be getting knowledge. In the book of John, Jesus said something. 8.31. He said, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Now, who is a disciple? A disciple is a student of a particular teacher. That's a disciple. A disciple is a learner. Somebody who learns a particular um, religious leader. All right? Okay. So, the modern English translation of disciple is student. That is what Jesus wanted his followers to be, students of life. Learners, always learning, always learning. He said, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Uh-huh. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Knowledge of scripture brings you freedom. Freedom from all oppressions of the devil. Freedom from every harassment of demons. Freedom from poverty and failure. Freedom from every setback. Freedom from everything. The word of God is able to make, set you free. You live a truly free person. 
fulfilled. He said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall. So God doesn't set you free. Truth sets you free. God doesn't set you free. Truth sets you free. And Jesus said, there is no way you can know the truth and remain in bondage. So if you are still in bondage, it simply means you don't know the truth yet. In other words, Jesus said, knowledge brings results. <laughs> if you know the thing, it will show. Once it's not showing, humble yourself and learn more. Because if you truly know it, it will show in your life. That's what Jesus was saying. So he said, continue in my word. Continue in my word. Sound teaching of scripture gives you knowledge. Every time you come to the house of God, you learn the word of God more and more and more and more and more. The house of God is a place where the word of God has to be properly taught. That suggests that there are places where it is not being properly taught. That is why Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, 2 Timothy 2, 15, he said, Steady to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not be, need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly. Paul was telling Timothy, there are people who are wrongly dividing the word of truth. But he said, be diligent, steady, to make sure that you are rightly dividing. Dividing means explaining and teaching the word of truth. Teaching the word of truth. The third source of knowledge is education. Education is very good if it's relevant to you. We don't go to school to, to get a gift. We go to school to develop the gifts we have. We go to school to develop the gift we already have. So the purpose of going to school is to get knowledge that is relevant to your passion, your vision, your mission in life, so you can do well. The fourth source of knowledge, seminars and conferences. Today, one of the meetings that most Christians don't want to attend is seminars. Unless you call it prophetic seminar, they won't come. <laughs> Unless it's a prophetic seminar, they won't come. <laughs> I'm believing God that we'll have a church that will not be like that. Because you need more prophecies when you are confused. <laughs> when things are not working well in your life, believe me, you will need prophecies. But when life is going well and things are just happening left, right, front, center, you are just happy and fulfilled. <laughs> you don't always need prophecies. If it comes fine, if it doesn't come, life goes on. <laughs> are you understanding me? Yeah. And that which makes life fulfilled for you is knowledge. The second thing, I am not against prophecies. But prophecy only tells you where you are going. Knowledge shows you how to get there. So after you have received the prophecies, come to study the word of God. To know the principles of God that can help you to become. And seminars is not only even about God's word only. It depends on what you are working at. But if you want to be a very knowledgeable person, one of the things that you must consider important is when a seminar is going on somewhere and the facilitator of that seminar is a well-accomplished person. For instance, if we talk about business today, there are certain people when they are doing a seminar in Ghana, I think every smart business person has to go. There are some when they are doing, you don't have to go there. <laughs> because they should be teaching themselves in their room the things they want to teach others. 
but there are well successful accomplished business men and women around the world when you hear they are having a seminar you are your passion is business you should be able to attend <laughs> it's like there are certain men of god if they are doing a seminar now for pastors i'll go their success is very impressive to convince me to go to go and sit down because the person has done 50 times what you are trying to do once he has results so he can talk to you and sometimes you go there and you learn one secret you go to another and you learn one secret you go to another and you learn one secret you add it to your life one at a time your life improves big doors are always turned by small hinges you know that the hinges that turn the door is very small that's how knowledge is you can learn something little and it will open a big door in your life seminars and conference the last one is mentoring what is mentoring mentoring means learning from somebody's experience there are two ways to acquire knowledge either by studying or by personal experience only that sometimes experience will make you learn the right thing too late sometimes by the time you you learn enough you are already old ready to die they say experience the best teacher that's not true because sometimes experience will teach you too late you know the thing but you don't have time to apply it you got to get experience by the time you are 85. <laughs> but mentoring means you are not learning from your own experience, but you're learning from somebody else's experience. So somebody has become successful and is now teaching you. And he's teaching you from experience. Both his success and his failures become relevant lessons for you in life. And every area of endeavor that you want to pursue. You need to get a mentor in that area, whatever you want to do, whether in business, whether in academics, whether in as a, whatever. There is somebody who has done well there. Music, there is somebody who has done well. You need to have somebody whose experience you are drawing important lessons from. Sometimes it may be people far away, but their books are close to you. Their materials are close to you. Their CDs and their resource materials available to you. One thing I thank God for is that we live in a world where nobody has an excuse to fail because, because the information age has brought knowledge so close to us. Knowledge so close to us. You can listen to anybody who is not outmoded now. You can listen to anybody. You can learn from anybody wherever the person is around the world by the internet because almost every successful person has something he's left somewhere that you can find on the internet. So availability for internet is to help you to learn, not to help you to take advantage of the internet and access websites that does not add anything to your progress in life. You can learn a lot. You must have a mentor in whatever pursuit in life that you want to embark on and learn from them. The real truth about life is that until you learn from somebody, nobody will learn from you. Jesus sat down for three days in the temple learning. And one day he was teaching in the desert and people sat down listening to him for three days. I think it was not coincidence. What you don't sow, you will never reap. <laughs> so until you learn from people, nobody will learn from you. If you are your own master, you will be your own student too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you are your own boss, you'll be your own servant. <laughs> that is life. Yeah. So, if you read the book of Proverbs chapter 4, you will see Solomon referring to all that he learned from his father. 
Proverbs 4. He said, Hear my children the instruction of a father and give attention to no understanding. Verse 2. He said, For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. Verse 3. He said, When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me. Solomon was talking, right? He said, My father taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Verse 5. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. So, who taught Solomon the importance of wisdom? His father. When God came to Solomon and said, ask what you like, what you want, and Solomon said, give me wisdom. Somebody taught him. At the age of 19, he knew what is priority. And God said, ah, you didn't ask for money, food, the life of your enemies. You didn't ask for fame and popularity. You asked for wisdom. Okay, I'll give you the wisdom, but I will also add other things. Because he was properly taught. The father knew that Solomon was going to be the king. So, right from his youth, his father started training him for the throne. His father started training him for the throne. So, it was David who taught Solomon wisdom. And you need people in your life who are not scared of your success. Who are not impressed about your mediocrity. (laughs) You know, for you to perform average and somebody is clapping for you, that person is not a mentor. He is, I don't know what word to use. He's your destroyer. Hallelujah. Mike Maddox said, a mentor is somebody who is uncomfortable with your present level. That's a mentor. He's not comfortable with where you are now. Your friends are impressed about where you are now. That is why your friends can't take you to the next level. A mentor can show you the way to the next level. Because he's been there so long. He's not scared about you going there. Let's close with this. Ignorance is very, very dangerous. Ignorance is very bad and very dangerous. Nobody under the sound of my voice should have any excuse to accommodate, to make ignorance part of your life. Under no circumstance, it doesn't matter where you are, what condition you find yourself in. Ignorance is your enemy. Just like you will run away from a snake. Do you know that if I scream right now, there's a snake under your chair, you will jump out. How many will still remain put? How many? You will jump out, won't you? Why? Because you know how dangerous a snake is, isn't it? Right. You know, the reason why we we hear ignorance and we just laugh it away is because we don't really see how hot threat it poses to our lives. Ignorance is a great distraction. The Bible said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed. Not by the devil. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So you can have a great vision. You can have a great dream. You can have a great calling from God. Ignorance will destroy you and the vision all together. Ignorance is so bad that you and I, we have a reason to be very deliberate about our commitment to fight ignorance. And there's only one way to fight it. You have to get knowledge. Proverbs 24, 14 says that, So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. If you have found it, 
there is a prospect or there is a reward and your hope will not be cut off. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. So if you want to be successful in your area of calling, in your area of purpose, one of the things I want to encourage you to pursue the rest of your life is knowledge. And when you get knowledge, your life will get better. And it will get better. And it will never get worse. It will get better every day. It will improve every time. It will get better every time. The more you know, the better your life. Let me close by saying this. You will never become more successful than your level of knowledge. You will never have more money than your level of knowledge. You will never become happier than your level of knowledge. You will never become more free than your level of knowledge. Knowledge determines everything. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.